0: All right, hey everybody, welcome to another special episode of the Strength Coach Podcast. I'm here with Vince Gabriel, founder of Gabriel Fitness Performance and Fitness Business University. All right, that's good. (laughs) As well as Kiss Marketing. No, that's good. We're done. Nine fitness related books? Uh, (laughs) Big book. (laughs) Big book of marketing. (laughs) Uh, We do this every month. Now, listen, we used to do... A segment on the show, but we've just felt like these were just to get Vince has so much information that he likes to get out, and it is hard for him because he does like ramble on. So the five minute thing he always went over, it gave me it gave me agita. So we've been doing this anyway, and this is I got got,
1: got fired, I got pulled. We we both have
0: a lot of fun doing this,
1: (laughs) and um, (laughs) but um, you know, well, you do know that TED Talks are supposed to be 20 minutes, right. 18. Eighteen, you can never and, do. And one. do you know how long Tony Robbins' TED Talk was? No, it was like twenty-eight minutes. It was hilarious no. <laughs> but the whole time. It's like at the end, the whole last ten minutes of it, he's like apologizing for going over, and then it just keeps going and going, won't stop uh it's hilarious the the tony robbins pod uh ted talk is 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 amazing it's really and you know
0: look it's not just here on the podcast last year in chicago vince and i for whatever reason like (laughs) three times now we've had we've been like back to back at perform better and you know in the summits and this year we're both actually going to be in long beach as well we're not back to back this year though but last year I mean, he had like 75 slides. He got through like three of them.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and uh, uh you know, so it's not it's not just me, everybody. It's just Vince and, and you know, so yeah, Vince, we are doing well, speaking of Perform we're doing our uh you're doing You have a couple, you have Providence and Long Beach at the summits this year. Perform better just announced it for uh all the lineups and everything. And and you're actually going to do a Another, a perform better workshop all on your own in Rhode Island at the perform better facility, which by the way, I'm really glad. And that's what I'm excited about. Like this year there's long beach, right? Again, we're both there. That's the, cause last year there was no long beach. So slowly we're getting back to, and there's been more seminars in person seminars coming up yeah. and you got this one coming up. Uh, pretty excited about, Let's really like kind of getting back to, we're finally really, this is now we're finally getting back to the the real in-person stuff.
1: Yeah, no, and you make the point of like not having enough time and there's just so much knowledge I've acquired over just being a student of the business game, you know, for so long and and everyone knows my story. I'm not like some business guy, you know, that is just been teaching gym owners my whole life. Like I've lived every tale of this story, you know, as a intern at fitness quest to a trainer, to an independent contract, as a trainer, to a gym owner. And now I'm teaching business, you know, but like the, the, the knowledge I've acquired over 22 years is just so like, it's vast. And I just have so many stories and so many examples. Um, I can't. I can't teach what I want to teach in even, I mean, obviously we have an hour on this podcast. You gave me five minutes before, which was a joke. We got an hour on this podcast and perform better. We only get 75 minutes, you know? Yeah. And it's it's like, yeah. And I know that a good speaker can get the point across in 75 minutes and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but I'm excited. Uh, and that's why I went to Chris and said, I want to, I want to go deep in, into business with gym owners. And so I'm teaching this two day workshop, at the Perform Better headquarters, which is freaking really cool because they have like a whole setup there. They got the gym, but then they also got like this conference room that's super awesome, set up for um, seminars and things like that. So I'm going to be doing, you know, two full days on business. Uh, I'm bringing some of my friends with me. So my head of agency, uh, Kiss Marketing, Will Matheson, will be there. One of my prized students, Devin Gage. Uh, we'll also be speaking. Devin started his gym Um pretty much. I started working with him when he was like 22 years old or something like that, really young. And he was at the time when he owned a gym, he was working in a ballet shoe factory or something like that. And like was working, he had a gym, he was working in a ballet shoe factory and then was doing in-home personal training. I think he was just like all over the place. And now he's got like a million dollar gym. He's opening up. He opened up three gym, three new gyms last year. He's got this new concept. It's not a franchise, but he's you know growing these small locations all over the uh Pennsylvania area. Um, so he'll be with me. And so I'm bringing my bringing my friends uh with me, but we're gonna go deep dive uh two full days into it. So I'm super excited.
0: Very cool. Wait, it's May 5th and 6th. And there is an early bird registration. Do you know when date that ends?
1: Uh, I want to say April 1st. Okay, cool. Um, I think I think that's yeah, I think that's correct.
0: Okay, well, we'll obviously we're gonna get this out next week. So yeah. we'll uh we'll have those dates. But I just wanted to get that out there that it's May 5th and 6th in Rhode Island. Early bird, there is early bird pricing um and you know you guys will have a, a t- you'll be able to take advantage of that so vince yeah like see, so, so you got a couple speakers with you thank god um uh, nobody <laughs> wants to hear you all day um <laughs> but what now you're it is split into two days which i love because then you could really kind of dive deep focus on different things in those days let's 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 dive into what you're going to be talking about
1: yeah the f- but the first thing i i i wanted to share the story on this podcast and I think I've told it other places, but I haven't told it here. And that is, um, you know, we talk about perform better and obviously you and I are, you know, uh, perform better guys. We've been going to the summits for so long. We're not speakers on the summit. Um, But it's, it's a very interesting story uh, because a lot of the guys that are in my mastermind, they ask me about, you know, having a meeting with the Godfather, you know, and, and, uh, Speaking at perform better. So I, I get asked a lot about well, what do you got to do? And, and uh, I like, oh, it's really easy. You just, you know, go to the summits for 15 years, um, you know, be a client for perform better for another 15 years um you know uh bring bags of cash and give them to Poirier uh no okay <laughs> <laughs> um but essentially because you have
0: to spend a certain amount of money <laughs> over those years in no, your gym i don't think i do
1: not think that's true no um uh, chris is one of the greatest people i know um But but the real story is I got to the point where I was like, all right, you know, it took a long time for me to get the confidence to even like think I belonged on that stage. Right. Because like the first time I went, like these people are like gods, like, you know, as a young trainer, you're looking at Thomas Plummer and Gray Cook and Boyle. And I'm just like, like, they're like larger than life people. And like for the first like five, six, seven years, you didn't even imagine that it was a possibility to be on that stage. Now I wanted it, right? I wanted it. I was like in the back of my mind, like I want, I want to be out, I want to be out there speaking. Um, but then after a while you start helping people. I was helping, you know, gym owners and having some success in the consulting world. And I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to start the push to try and get on the performator tour. Cause I had recently just um, gotten randomly selected to speak at idea, which is a, um, it was a big deal. Like I spoke at the idea world convention in Vegas and I, I literally was the most unqualified speaker, uh, like by like, you know, every case of the word it's, it was amazing. Um, but I knew someone that was putting this talk together and someone bailed out last minute and I got a speaking spot. And it was just like a massive stage. Like I'm talking like, you know, big deal. Darren Hardy was like, the headliner of it and i'm like wow. speaking it was like pictures it was me and eight people and it was like darren hardy was one person yeah Durkin who was speaking it was another um and there was like these big time people on the stage and i'm like oh my god i was like i don't know rigsby was on there pat um and i was just I totally from the here, but anyway i got it and so that kind of started to uh draw some attention i ended up speaking at mind body and things like that um So then I was like, it's time to go. So I called my friend, Charlie Weingroff. And I said, Charlie, I want to speak on the Perform Better Tour. What do I need to do? And he basically said, well, you uh, need to go talk to Chris. And um, so I flew to, um, he's like, I was like, when's the next summit? He's like, it's in Chicago. I was like, when is it? He's like, it's in three days. So I was like, (laughs) I booked a flight and I brought Big Tom with me. And of course, when you fly Big Tom, you got to fly him first class because he can't fit in those regular seats. Right. So me and Big Tom went, tossed me, cost me an arm and a leg to bring them. Um, but it was actually a really fun thing. And I went and Chris obviously, you know, introduced me and I talked to Chris and I think I had to like send him a video or something. Well, anyway. So we met with Chris at the social and then we're at, Tom and I are sitting at the bar and we're having a drink and the Perform Better crew comes up and they're like, um, uh, they call us over and we start, you know, having drinks with them. And so are like, all right, cool. And then they, they they go to leave because they were going to dinner. And they asked us, like, hey, you guys got plans for dinner? I'm like, no, we're just going to stay here. And they're like, you want to come? It's like, all right, yeah. And so we come and they, we ended up going to this German restaurant, which I think, have you ever been there with us, the German place? No, last year, Chicago because was it, the first time I went. Now it's closed. Right. We tried to go last year, but yes. it's closed. It's closed now. So anyway, I I don't remember exactly who was there, but it was like, you know, it was I know I'm 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 positive Charlie was there. I'm positive, um, I'm pretty sure Martin I think, yeah, I, I definitely I definitely remember Martin Rooney was there because he was we were comparing um wounds uh when we were when we were there. But anyway, so this German restaurant, they have these uh waitresses that come around with these paddles, right? And what they do is they, like, bend you over the table, and then they take a running start and smack you on the ass for the paddle. And, like, everyone's drinking and yelling and screaming and all that, right? And so the lady comes to our table, and Poirier goes over and points at me and goes, Vince, get up here. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be crazy. (laughs) And so I'm bent over the table, and Poirier, he locks eyes with me, and he's like. This is it, Vince. This is it. You want to speak on this tour? You better take this like a man. <laughs> and, I'm <just> like this. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, my whole life flashing through my eyes. I'm like, all right, if I take this like a man uh and don't flinch, uh, I'm going to um get on the perform better tour. And if I, you know, act like you know, some of the other people didn't squirm and whine and cry like a baby. I'm not that so and they had already earned their spots, so they were all right. Uh so I didn't know my spot. So Poirier's locking eyes with me, and I'm locking eyes with him. this lady takes a running start and max smacks me in the ass as hard as she can with this paddle. And we have video footage of this, and you can hear it like it's loud. Um, and I did not move. And then she goes again and she goes, Whack, and then she goes one more time, and then she's realizing that she did not make me flinch the first two times. So this third time, she's literally winding up big and strong to try it. And then third one, like big, like real big. And everyone's like, oh, that was a big one. And I had Poirier's eyes locked on me and I could not move and not flinch. So I was in a lot of pain, but I held it together. And here I am, and four years later on the tour, uh, still speaking. So it's like, I love that. I love telling that story. It's such a fun story. I saw a video. Um,
0: Wait, and... you posted some video from that too, right? Yes. That yes. last year's, yes, at your talk last year. So I think, you know, you're going to go over seven profit drivers, but you need to have eight thing. I think it should be eight things you need to do to make money at your gym. And that should be number one.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a bit of toughness um, but it, you know honestly there's so many stories wrapped up in that story right and you could li- listen to that story and you can say you know what are the things that someone needs to do to 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 take it to the next level in their life and I always talk about this but like the ask principle right? The ask principle. Like I don't speak, I'm not here if I don't ask to speak. Like Chris ain't like banging. Chris wasn't banging down my door. It's like, Vinci, can I come speak? You're so good. Not a shot. Like I had to go there and fly to Chicago and I had to ask. And it's all about that. And it's all about the connections and the connections you build over time. So Charlie Weingroff is not a person that spreads out his uh, um, stamp of approval lightly. It's actually a pretty hard thing to do, but I had a long relationship with Charlie. I had referred him and a lot of clients for physical therapy, right? So we had built a trust and rapport. Same thing with a lot of different people, like Boyle and all that, right? And so it was this, um, you know, uh, time of of fostering and building relationships. That hey, all of a sudden, it's like tomorrow you're on the tour, but they don't see the last fifteen years of networking and the last fifteen years of you know, um, showing up and buying their and and supporting them, buying their stuff, right? I have every Mike Boyle product known to man, right? I've attended every plumber seminar. I attended all Martin Rooney stuff, right? I was a loyal follower and loyal client. And so there's a lot of lessons rolled up in the story, but um, it's always a fun one to tell. You know what?
0: I 100%, first of all, you got to build those relationships because I guarantee you, uh, Chris called Mike Boyle. And said, Do you have you heard of Vince Gabriel? And you had already been on our site for a while, like contributing, had a couple of articles. You had gone up to Boyle's, you knew Boyle. Like Mike knew you as a good guy. And so I guarantee you, Chris called Mike, whether you know it or not. So you got the recommendation because Chris isn't gonna go by one recommendation. True. You know, yeah. and then you know, you put there, you build a rapport with them, too, when you're going up there all the time. Now, you know, Aaron and Rob and Jamie right. and you start to know everybody and they start to say, oh, yeah, Vince, he's always been a good guy. He's never caused any trouble except at the social, you know, once in a while. But <laughs> um, that's Tom. Actually. Well,
1: there is there is a funny there is a funny Milani story. I I when I was like we were at a Rigsby workshop in like 2009. This was when I first started. And I sat at the bar with, with Milani for like six hours and we just drank bourbon. That was my first time drinking bourbon in Kentucky. And I have never been so blackout drunk in my entire life. And me and Milani, every time I see Milani, we still talk about that day, but it's like, Hey, sometimes it's stuff like that. It like it creates relationships. Rapport. I'm not saying, hey, if you're not a drinker, like I, and honestly, like I actually haven't drank in a hundred days. So I'm like on a, on a very nice hiatus, um, uh, from it and i actually feel really good to be honest but like hey like uh, it's like all those that hangover was worth it like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
0: the first time with mike when i did functional strength coach one and then when i went to perform better it was all about you know mike's like afterwards hey who's coming to the bar and i was one of the latest i stayed the latest with him you know and we yeah. built a relationship and same thing yeah. at Chris's out so anyway that should be nine things now right the, right and <laughs> the german restaurant story and then drinking uh, maybe you can bring, everybody gets a bottle of bourbon when you go well, to this. Well, uh, it, it's, workshop.
1: it's an interesting point though, because, you know, I, I happen to believe that a lot of gyms fail because they try to rely on their, you know, their digital marketing for success. And I think that There's not enough emphasis and effort put into the local relationship, the relationship with the people down the street, the salons, the physical therapists, the chiropractors, right? And that's all relationship building. And I think a lot of people, they're like, oh, I reached out and I tried and I didn't do it. And then they didn't want to do anything with me. So I didn't try again. And I think that that's like, it's such an important to tie this back to marketing right? or, or tie this back to business building for our listeners, right? Um, some of these relationships take a really long time to foster, right? It's like, you're making investments in other people. You can't just show up. Like I didn't show up on the first day and say, Hey, do you, Chris, do you think I can speak? Right. It was this investment of time and effort and energy and care and gratitude, right? Gratitude. It's a really, really important thing to show and demonstrate, um, of uh, gratitude for people that they think you're a good person. Because of that, right? Um, So all of these things relate to the local level. So so someone listening to this that wants to grow their personal training business or wants to grow their gym, it's like these are relationships that need to be built on a local level. And a lot of times they take time and take time to to foster over the long haul.
0: Yeah, and you really hit that home last episode as well when you were talking about all the different contacts. and the the time.
1: I have no idea idea what the hell we talked about last episode. That that was a (laughs) long time ago.
0: Yeah, last time was... About reaching out <laughs> to those former clients, okay, right? And and so, but also not just reaching out to those former clients, but keeping your list warm because the it takes sometimes it takes a hundred weeks for someone to buy. Right. So right, there, right. you know, there's only some people buy in the first hundred days, but then the, there's a big percentage that'll buy in that first hundred weeks. So, like you said, kind of, or you keep saying is like building that, keep building, keep working on those things, and they're gonna pay off all right well let's go over just give people some like you know high level overviews of the seven profit drivers really people want to know what you're going to be talking about with
1: this yep yeah no and obviously too i want to when we do the workshop and perform better you know it's going to be a little a more of an intimate environment where we're going to be you know it be it we can't answer a ton of questions that to perform better seminars, right? It's just, we are on a, on a pace yeah. and we got to finish by a certain time. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm definitely wanting this one to be directed towards what, what does the audience need? But I'm going in with somewhat of a plan of what do you guys struggle with most? Right. Um, and I do know that, Hey, making money is a big problem. Like people want to make more money in this business. And there is a certain set of skills that are very different than the skills you have as your trainer, that are required to know to make money. And so if you could like roll it up and say, that's what I'm going to be teaching. Those are the seven profit drivers. I'm going to be teaching what are the business skills you need to have a successful business? Because I wish that the training skills that you have um, would be the only thing you needed to create a successful, successful business. And that is not true right it'll take you to a certain point it will 100% take you to a certain point but what i think it will take you towards is a is, is a decent job that's what i feel like it will take you it will take you towards a decent job where you're still having to work a lot and you still have to do a lot take a lot of the stuff and you kind of don't get to enjoy the fruit of being a business owner when you don't acquire these business skills okay um, so the the overall skill is the ability to to make money right that is the scoreboard in business call it what you want call it say hey we're going to try and change a thousand lives and do all this and that and that's fine <laughs> and that's all well and good and i want you to do that but at the end of the day there's a scoreboard in business and the scoreboard in business is money and it's just like let's let's just like cut the bullshit right and just be like this is this is the real scoreboard this is how we keep score there's a scoreboard on the board in football and they get, it it gets it gets kept track with points the points for a gym owner is money and so that's, that's what we got. So the number one thing that I'm going to focus on, they're all important, right? Um, yeah. But I, I will hammer on price because I think price is one of the, the portions of the business that people leave the most money on the table. And the reason why has nothing to do with anything other than the psychology of the owner. Price is such an internal thing. We have this feeling and fear about price and we're charging too much money or we have guilt about charging too much money and we don't want to raise the prices and all of that. And what I'll be talking about is the mindset around price and that a poorly priced business is not good for the owner. It is not good for the staff and it is not good for the employees or for the the members. Because if the owner is financially strapped, it can't invest in the team, right? And if it can't invest in the team, it also definitely can't invest into the members. So that's that's the number one thing that I'm going to really hammer home is how much should you be charging, how to figure it out, and what are the mindset that you need to have to be able to take the amount of money you're charging now and increase it, Right? And, you know, do I think that, you know, you should increase um, the amount of money that your members are paying right now? Yes, I do. And that's kind of a bold statement. And that's kind of against what a lot of people have said. But I believe that, hey, Starbucks raised my coffee. I used to pay $2.50 for a cup of coffee. And now I pay $3.50 for a cup of coffee, right? And that's Starbucks. And that's, they, they didn't give me any more value at all. There's no more value that I got. If anything, the service is less and less. I, mean, I was at Starbucks yesterday and they were the most, the two women behind the counter, super nice, super sweet. But you can tell Starbucks, you can tell a Starbucks employee, here's what happens to them. Their first week they're there, they're the happiest person in the world. And ah, I'm working at Starbucks. Oh, I get health insurance. Oh, I'm going to go to college. Oh, I'm going to say, and then you mark my words. Four weeks later, they are the most miserable son of a bitch on the planet. <laughs> because what do they got to do? They got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and they got to get to Starbucks and all of a sudden the health insurance is not worth it. All of a sudden this, and this poor, this woman working at the counter, she had her daughter with her and her daughter's sitting in the lobby of the Starbucks because I guess she had to bring her to work. And this is on a Sunday morning. And I felt horrible, yeah. right? I felt horrible for them, right? But here they are. The service is getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And they're raising the price up and up and up and up and up and people are still paying the damn price. Now, we're saying it's like, hey, we're going to increase the value of what we're doing. We're going to make our trainers better. We're going to invest in our staff. We're going to invest in our equipment. We're going to do all this stuff, but we won't raise a price because I'm afraid. And so that part of it is I'm going to go over um, with everybody. So, so, So
0: I do love one other piece really quick with the consumer. There's this idea of the more you pay, the more you pay attention, right? Yeah. A lot of times when you get that Planet Fitness membership for $9.99, you're like, ah, it's $120 a year, big deal. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut around to canceling it. But when you're paying, you know, when you're at Lifetime and you're paying one ninety nine a month and then there's other stuff there, you're kind of like... I got to go to this thing. And there, there is an element of that that happens. And, you know, Cialdini talked about that a little oh, bit amazing. too, right?
1: Amazing. Yeah. If you haven't read Cialdini's work, you got to it for sure. Um, awesome. Uh, number, the second thing is I'm I'm most excited about this because for the second part, uh, this is digital workers. So are going to talk about digital marketing, right? And I am bringing my ace in the hole. To talk about this, my ace in the hole is the owner of my agency, uh, and I haven't I haven't talked about it much, and I really haven't talked about it much because we're on a we have a waiting list like thirty gyms deep, and I've been instructed not to, I've been forbidden to talk about kiss marketing, um, you know, and so that's why honestly <laughs> why we had to stop. We had to stop advertising Kiss Marketing because like literally we were getting like complaints because we were just so busy. And people are like, I reached out to you and you're telling me I can't book a, an onboarding call for four weeks away. Are you kidding me? And I'm like, sorry, let's just, wait. but anyway, so Will is runs my agency, Kiss Marketing, right? And we run digital marketing websites, Facebook ads, and we have a CRM um, for gyms. That's the only thing we do is we work with gyms uh, on that. Uh, some of our clients are some of the who's who in the fitness industry industry. industry uh rick mayo we do all the marketing for alloy we do mark fisher's ads we do um uh, frank nash's ads we we do um i'm trying to think who else uh people would um would know um there's someone else in there that i think people would know but we're just basically um You know, the go to agency for gyms uh, that are doing what we're doing. And I built the agency because of the experience that I had for so many years of having bad experiences with agencies. Um, And I wanted to create something that wasn't a bad experience. I wanted to create something that got results that was created not by tech people, but by marketers, but then also had access to tech people as well. Because I think you need both. I think you need good tech people, and I think you need good marketers. I think that's the combination of the two. And what I saw in the first you know, 17 years of owning a gym, I saw either a good tech person or I saw a good marketer that couldn't even return a phone call. So that's kind of the the, the combo. Um, and you would add customer service uh, into that fold. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. We saw a gap in the market. We saw a problem in the fitness industry for gyms. Um And um, we are solving that 100%. And Will is the brains behind this entire organization. And he's yet to, uh, you will, you have not heard of him uh, because he's been deep underground working and running ads and doing all this stuff. Um, uh, But we are building out a a massive team in San Antonio, Texas. We have a whole, corporate headquarters down there now uh there's lots of good stuff going on but i'm bringing will up to rhode island uh to speak and it just hearing him alone will be worth the trip but he's going to talk about websites he's going to talk about digital marketing with with facebook and google and also uh what you should be doing uh in terms of what crm to be using to organize all your leads um and everything like that so that's number two
0: all right yeah i've I've actually spoken to Will. I've gotten the pleasure to I spoke to him for a while and yeah, he's he's super knowledgeable. He's got a lot of experience behind him and uh so yeah, it's not just the the tech guy. He knows the stuff. So. Vince, the next one's big because I think so many gym owners really they get overwhelmed because they don't outsource maybe right a lot of things and they get overwhelmed and it it really truly becomes the e myth right? Time management for gym owners.
1: Yeah. So uh, this is probably other than marketing, this is probably the question I get most is how do I manage my time better? Um, And the biggest thing that I'm going to talk about in this section is not really like how to manage your time in terms of like a system and like using like getting things done like that. I'm going to just shine the light on value activities, high value activities and low value activities, right? And I think that time management is solved by the gym owner deciding what are his highest and best value activities to the company and then deciding what those are and then spending as much time as possible on those things and then delegating the other things that are of lower value activities. That is the kind of secret. A lot of times people say time management and they, they, they want to show, talk about calendars and they want to talk about the to-do list. They want to talk about all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if you're doing low value work, it doesn't freaking matter. What matters most in time management is identifying the highest value activities that you can do for the company, figuring out what those are, and then spending as much time as possible doing those things.
0: I love it. I already, we already have like from the last episode, I think you were talking about one of the number one thing, and I'm not even going to say it because they got to go listen to that last episode that you think gym owners should be doing every single day from a time management perspective. Um, and that's a high value uh, activity and it has to do with calling former, former members. So that's I'll just right. give him that. <laughs> Well, it's part of the time management too, which you oh good God! Can
1: you give me two minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay.
0: Um, you ready to go? Yep. Okay. Cool well, Vince. Well, one of the things that helps with time management is uh is your employees, right? So having good employees talk to us about uh hiring trainers and what you're gonna talk about.
1: Oh my God. So it I, I do believe it's getting better, but there was a, a, a tough stretch there kind of post-COVID of hiring trainers, where it was like almost impossible um, to find a a new personal trainer. And the rules of the game kind of have changed a little bit. There was that whole adage of hire slow, fire fast. Uh, I I believe that the fire fast thing is uh, is still something that you need to do. Um, but the higher slow thing, not so much, right. I think that you don't have as much time as you used to. And we're finding that we're going to need to speed up the process. Uh, you still do your due diligence. You still, you know, need to take them through multiple interviews and multiple steps and check references and all that, but you're just speeding up the process because it's just, uh, there's a lot of people looking for trainers and there's not a lot of them out there. And to be honest, there's not like, (laughs) this is what I tell people. There's not this influx of people wanting to be personal trainers, right? It's not like all of a sudden there's like, oh, I want to be a personal trainer. Like, there's just, just the, the, like, it's just not out there. Um, And so the 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 pickings are kind of slim. Uh, So you need a good recruiting system. You need multiple methods. Kind of like I talk about the marketing glove. Yep. Right. Where you have multiple ways to generate leads. You kind of need what, what we call, we call it the hiring octopus uh, tip of the cap to one of our members, uh, Dr. Ben Quist, who created the hiring octopus. And he actually created this octopus graphic. Nice. Yeah. Right. And so, and what he uses, he uses his octopus, which has eight tentacles to find trainers. Right. So you're, you can't just put a slap and add on Indeed and think you're going to get a trainer right? You got to go to the local colleges. You got to go to the different places, you know, to get, um, so we're going to talk about that hiring octopus and how you need multiple ways to, to find good staff. And Hey, if you're like someone like Devin gauge where you we're opening up three locations and you've got this monster location and you need a lot of pipeline of trainers, man, you got to have this down. If you, if you got one gym and you got, you know, thousands of square feet and you like, You're never going to hire more than one trainer. It's not that huge of an issue, but if you want to grow, you're going to have to grow your staff. Um, I I wish you could just continue to grow revenue and profit and not grow with people, but that doesn't happen in the fitness industry. like, it's just not like, unless you want to have a ratio of one to 1000, uh, (laughs) right. Um, which is like, I guess that's good margins. Right. Um, (laughs) but uh, you got to you got to know what you're doing so we're going to talk about hiring in the new economy what are the changes that you need to make in your hiring process to find staff
0: yeah yeah it's a big problem i talked to somebody the other day actually from a big chain uh and what they were saying was everybody thinks it's so easy like why don't you just open your next location, you know, the 45 minutes away, it's a big change. So, but they, they're having such a tough time. And in general, the service industry is having a huge problem. I know in Indy, even in restaurants, forget it. Places aren't open on Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays. Now they've closed for lunch. They don't have the people. Every restaurant I walk by says hiring gyms hiring, you know, so it is a, it is a huge problem, but yeah. so, Vince, you talk about sales a lot on our episodes. So, yes. what is what's the direction you're going to go with at the seminar?
1: Yeah. So, remember, sales is like everything that happens after you generate a lead. So, what as soon as the minute someone opts in through your website, the minute someone comes. Uh, An opts in for a podcast. And then someone calls you, what actually happens? And that's the sales process. And we we hit on this hard last week, right? When we talked about, or maybe it was the week, the month before that, I can't remember, um, where y- you need this incubator and you need to have this one common place where everything goes and then work your sales off of, off of that. So a lot of times people look at you know marketing and sales as kind of like the same thing. And they're two totally different things and two totally different mindsets. It doesn't mean the same person can't do both. Yeah. Um, and most of the people listening to this probably need to be doing both the sales and the marketing side, but they must be approached with different um, methods and ways. So I'm, I'm going to talk about that a lot. I'm going to talk about the importance of a consultation. Um, I, I believe if you're doing small group training and you're doing personal training and the memberships are two, three, four hundred 400 a month, hey, uh, spending an hour with someone right off the bat and sitting down and talking about what they want to accomplish and their needs, that is probably one of the most important hours you could spend in a day, right? Um, and I think a lot of people like just gloss over it and they like check a box, um, but this, there's a way to do this. Uh, Keith Cunningham is a great quote. It's not, how, uh, it's not what you do, it's how you do it, right? So there's a lot of people that do do consultations, Right. But they're not all created equal. How you do a consultation, how you script your follow up uh, scripts, how you uh, price your services, how you follow up, like all that stuff matters. Um, And so we're going to we're going to talk about how to master that side of it.
0: Very cool. I I do want to say that part of what all these things that you're talking about, sometimes people can think you know, okay. It's for the beginning gym owner, which is absolutely not. And you might only see a few different things in here that you say, well, I'm really good at this, or uh, I'm fine with the hiring, but I need better time with sales, or I need better time with time management. The, the, what you're going to talk about next with the what's next, you've mm. talked about it before on this. And that's, I think it's a great formula because you have to understand where you are. And sometimes we want our dessert before we eat our dinner. Right. that's and a great point. And, and and I think what the way you put this with having you know, kind of these, hey, have you done this? Have you done that? Okay, we're ready to move on to the next. So talk about what's
1: next. So I did this uh thing recently where I reached out uh to all of the members in SPF Mastermind. Um, in addition to a lot of my friends that were like on they weren't in the mastermind, but there are people that I kind of help with, you know, as as a friend, right? Um and a lot of these guys, they they got big guy one uh, a friend that's got a gym down south, and his gym does uh, over two million bucks in like four thousand square feet. It's ridiculous, wow. like. But these and so I asked a lot of these people, um, what are their top five business problems? And I, I I was shocked at the amount of people that put how to figure out what's next. And so actually, uh, I we have our as I'm recording this, we have our mastermind coming up this weekend in Orlando. And my one, I'm doing a full, you know, 90 minute presentation on how to figure out what's next, right? And so what I'll do is I'll take that, what I'm going to teach, and I'm going to also reteach it at this workshop, um, and teach you how to figure out what's next. And you're right about the whole dessert thing, right? If you're a newbie gym owner, and you got 44 clients, and your next thought is, you know, how do I hire a CEO? for my company, uh, you are completely missing the point. Um, and I've seen it, right? I've seen it happen. Um, or, you know, you want to open up a second location and your first one is not profitable, and it only you know works when you're there. Like, it's just like, there's so many people that are putting the cart for, before the horse, but there are a lot of people that need what I've done is create a map, right? Because I believe there is a map to follow. Um, now the map, is like, it, it's almost like the map in the first three sta- I So I talk in stages, right? So I believe there's stage one, stage two, stage three. And actually I did a podcast on this, right? Yep. Uh, with you. And I think stage one, stage two, stage three, it's pretty concrete on what you need to do next. Like right? there's not like a lot of vari- variables here. It's just like, no, go from stage one and get to stage two and then go from stage two and get to stage three. The variable of what next and, the, and a lot of the challenges come from what comes after stage three, Right. And so you have some really successful people that are doing well make a lot of money and they don't understand and have clarity on what next. And so what I'll do is give a strategy on how to figure that out and and what you need to do. Um, But a lot of it comes back with, you know, um, revisiting what's most valuable to you. A lot of it comes back to revisiting your beliefs, revisiting your values, and what are the things that are most important to you? And you can't make a decision on what next without factoring those things in. So very cool. Yeah. I love,
0: love that whole system that you have there. And I think it kind of really talk about clarity. It gives people clarity. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I really got to take a step back or yeah, now's the time to kind of push forward. So you're going to finish up. Well, just the number seven, not finish up with the whole thing, but something you talk about a ton uh, on this podcast, and that is small group personal training. Uh, What do they have in store for that weekend?
1: Yeah, no, it's such an important topic, and it's a popular topic right now. Um, It's probably the most profitable way, you know, to run your business, but it's also the best way to differentiate yourself. Um, But you got to get on it quickly because everyone's kind of jumping on it, and I feel like now, like everyone's doing it, and you got all the box gyms that want to do it, and everyone's doing it right. Um, So you kind of got to get on now. But the problem is, not a lot of people are doing it well, and there's a I I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of gym owners. I said, we did one-on-one and we do large group and we tried small group, but it didn't work. And the reality was what they did was they made it. um, And I talked about this in the podcast. They made it like a side dish. They're like, Oh yeah, we'll do small group training too. Right. And the best gyms that I've seen, the most profitable ones, that is the stake of their business. The small group training is the stake. And I believe for it can't work if it's a side dish. It doesn't work if it's a side dish. You can make a little extra money doing it, but it doesn't work to create a really, really stable, profitable business if it's a side dish. It's got to be the stake. It's got to be the thing you do. And the problem with this is that takes so a lot, if especially if you're doing a large group or you're doing one-on-one, um, that takes a lot of changes, right? And so that's one of the things that at Mastermind, we had so many people coming to us saying, hey, help me make this change. Help me make this change. Um, we actually had to hire a person on our staff in mastermind just to help people make that change, just to (laughs) coach them through how to do the programming, just to coach them through how to hire trainers, just to coach them through all, how do you communicate to members that you're doing this? Like there's a whole process to it. Um, So I'll be discussing that whole process at the workshop.
0: Very cool. A reminder, it's two days. It's a Friday and Saturday, May 5th and May 6th. Now Vince, I like what you did as well. Really stick into a topic on each day. So day one is how to structure your business and time for maximum profits. And, and you're going to have Devin do, do a couple, uh, speak with you. And then day two on Saturday is how to build a sales and marketing money machine that never stops. And Will is going to join you that day. Uh, love what you've done. Do you want to say anything about kind of breaking up those days?
1: Yeah, I just figured out, you know, um, no, I don't really manage're hey, we're, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna read the register on on uh day two and day one we're gonna help you you know structure and organize your life and you mentioned a really important word is clarity and I think clarity is is such an important thing to have uh, as, as a business owner and the problem is it's tough right with all the things flying around and all the things you're supposed to do and all the things you're reading uh, a lot of people don't have clarity. And so that's kind of really, if I almost like could map out a day for, for for day one, it's like yeah, we're going to talk about time management, we're going to talk about business structure, but really it's it's uh, it's all about clarity and how you can see things better. Um, and then number, uh, day two is all about hey, how do we ring this register? How do we sure we make the amount of money that we need? Because there's nothing more stressful. Than, than being strapped for cash, right? There's nothing more stressful than financial problems. All marriages uh, are, are strained by financial problems. Stress and health is caused by financial problems. Um, and you know, it, it, uh, to be honest with you, like the gym industry is not like an easy business. And you you come from the bar business, right? In the restaurant industry, right? You know that those aren't easy businesses either. Well, the gym space is kind of up there right? It's not an easy business. And I think some people underestimate the beast that we're actually doing. Now, there is a way to be successful. And the way to be successful is to learn these business skills. So I'll repeat, the reality of this is this is not an easy business. Hey, but here we are. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. You can tap out or you can learn the things you need to learn to be successful. So I'll say that again. You can tap out or you can learn the things you need to learn to be successful. Yeah. And that's what we'll teach you at the workshop.
0: So true bar business. I mean, not a lot of people are saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to pay $9 for a Buffalo trace at the bar. I'm going to have it at home. No, they want to go out and be with people, right? It doesn't work like that. You know, some people are, don't get me wrong, but with the gym industry there, we have that with the fitness industry. We have a lot of people think, Hey man, I can do this on my own, or I can go on YouTube. I can, well, I don't need a trainer or whatever. So you are competing and there's not that many people, the saturation of people going to a gym. I think it's like, what, what is it like 15% of the people have a gym membership and it's it's
1: really ridiculously low. Yeah.
0: So, um, and you know, we were finally getting some people back from, from after COVID and people that were scared, but, um, but yeah, it is not an easy venture. So, but, Vince makes it easier perform better workshop business secrets for gym owners may 5th and 6th there is an early bird special it's going to be around and just just to
1: clarify it is in it's a live workshop um and it is in Providence Rhode Island so you know if you're on the west coast you know you want to move on this uh if you're in the east coast you can you know drag your feet a little bit but um I wouldn't uh this probably will sell out pretty quickly um based on the amount of buzz that is. In,
0: yeah, so and they have some hotel. There's like a hotel pretty close. I think Chris always has uh, a discount as well for um, like uh, a group. I'm pretty sure we'll have to check on that. But I remember last time I went up, uh, he had a group rate for one of Mike's workshops. So we'll look into that.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, great.
0: Vince, thanks for doing this, bud. We will talk to you next time. Enjoy the mastermind down Can't in Orlando.
1: Wait. Yeah, what well, we have a record crowd. We this is uh we have over 90 people uh that will be in attendance. It's the biggest mastermind meeting we've ever had. Uh and it's kind of like a it's a weird one because the last meeting we had in Orlando was uh literally five days before COVID hit. Wow. Five days we got put in. And so, like, I have this memory of being in Orlando. And actually, we were, Vanessa and I were in Orlando with the kids at Disney. And we came home early and drove. We didn't fly, we drove home because I ain't get on a plane right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, we drove like literally 30 hours home. And on the phone, I'm like getting the, all these calls of like members wanting to quit. And it's just like, it's a crazy, like, I, I have a feeling I might get emotional when I get up on stage to start it out because. It, and it's at the same hotel that we had last time. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Um, but it's now like three years later. Three years later. Um, this is where this is where we are. So, Very cool. Yeah. All right, Vance. So,
0: well, good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.
1: You got it. What's up, guys? Thanks so much for listening. Do me a favor and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This way you'll get notified when we get new episodes come out. And if you really, really loved it, I'd truly appreciate it if you left us a five-star rating. So thanks so much. If you're looking for more free stuff uh, from me, head over to Vincesfreebook.com. You'll get a free copy of my marketing book. And just head over to com, and I'll send you a copy. Thanks.